Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Burke Roberts. This is a podcast where we used to talk about reality television. And now we talk about our lives. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk a little bit about reality. I mean, what if we watch? I mean, we're all caught up on Survivor. We're all caught up on The Challenge. We're all caught up on... Uh, Big Brother. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> For weeks, I guess. Big Brother 23.5. That's what they're calling um, the post-Big Brother cast party. Is that cast still staying in that house? No, they left Todrick's house. Okay. But they're still like doing a lot of social things together. And now I think they're calling it 23.75 maybe. Um, So, yeah, it's been fun. It's been entertaining. I hate to see this. You know, I think I mentioned this on the pod before, but I was so invested in this particular Big Brother cast that when the show ended and they all moved into that millionaire's house and they started uh, Instagramming and doing TikToks and lots of lives coming out of that house, I was like, wow, the show doesn't have to end. It can go on forever. Yeah, I was sort of like, why aren't they just sticking cameras in Todrick's house, whoever Todrick is, and uh, just let's just keep filming it. <clears> I mean, that's basically what Big Brother is, is a bunch of people hanging out in a house yeah it works that is true that is true you were pretty enamored with that situation i only really got my information you know uh by proxy you know well i was enamored because it was like the great filtering all the cast members i didn't like weren't there and all the cast members i did like were there and i was like well this is what i've been wanting to watch all season i'm into that but uh frenchie wasn't there who likes frenchie i thought that was your favorite person on nick the show. i'm gonna kick you off this podcast hey wait a minute um, yeah, we can talk about reality TV. We can also talk about, the, talk about the challenge. That was too loud. And like, I feel like if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be pissed well, that that just to, happened in my ear. People need to know that I just cracked, I just cracked a blackberry bubbly. I mean, it's important. There's a podcast I listen to, and I, I know that I have complained about podcasts on this podcast before. It's like your main thing. Yeah, it's that, talking about negative TikTok comments, and talking about how I'm obsessed with the Big Brother cast, or this my three things. But anyway, there is a podcast I listen to where the host constantly clears her throat on the mic and it's almost unlistenable because you hear it directly in your ear and I want to leave a review I never will but I've thought a couple of times of leaving a review like number one podcast for mouth and throat noises um, just to really get their attention because they've talked about it because people have written in and been like hey can you stop clearing hey, your throat this is, uh, repulsing <laughs> on me? the mic Thank you. and they've talked about it in like a derogatory way like can you believe that person wants us to quit clearing our throat sorry it's a natural thing but my thing is like you don't have to quit clearing your throat you can do what Nick did, just did which is just move the yeah. mic away from all your the mouth. talk of clearing your throat makes me want to clear my throat but you know, I think a lot of podcasts have these uh, like these mics that are like uh, table mics that are kind of craned over to people's mouths. And so like they're not able to get away with it. I mean, we do it uh, stand up style. We're just holding microphones. Yeah, we're loosey goosey. So I mean, like, you know, if I needed to get away from that mic. Boom. No one can hear what I'm saying. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's but they could also move their heads. They could also like professional setups. You know, uh, radio people have a cough button. Did you know that? Oh, I did not. There's a, a literal button you just press and it just kind of mutes that mic until you can until you are uh, wow. you release it. Wow. So if you got a cough, like that's why you never hear sneezes or coughs or chewing or anything on uh, on radio because like they're holding that cough button down. Now, Dang. I believe the podcast that you're talking about, don't they do it over Zoom? Yes. There's a cough button on Zoom. You wow. hold the space bar down and uh, your your mic is muted until you release it. 
I think they do it on Zoom, but they also have the audio from their mics. Oh, you mean Zoom as in this Zoom no, recorder? No, no. I was talking about the Zoom. Uh, you're talking about the software. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. I know that they are not in the same room. But uh, we're talking cryptically about a podcast <laughs> that Ashley likes. So, Five minutes in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess today what we can mostly do is Ashley and I had a little going away hangout last night what would you call i called it a get together it's a get together with some of our new york pals because we may not be able to see the majority of them before we leave for los angeles true um ashley kind of put together this uh this nice little hang at this place called chilo's in uh, south park slope right on the corner of greenwood cemetery um and it was like a a kind of a classic new york situation where it is like a a big old kind of warehouse space with where they convert like where the trucks would be parked uh, into like a picnic table area right on the corner of a street that's like fenced in. And you're supposed to sort of be like, hey, look, you're in a fairgrounds, but really like you're just seeing the street right there. And then a bar inside where you could hang out and order drinks. And then on adjacent to the bar, but connected would be a place where you can order food. And that's usually a taco truck situation wouldn't you say that's kind of a new york thing yeah i would agree it's like we have a parking lot we put a fence around it we put up a bunch of picnic tables there's kind of a shelter area you can walk in to get alcohol okay it does seem like we just built it maybe a couple weeks ago and then to the right of that are a couple of food trucks yeah and it's uh it's usually a i mean it's a brooklyn thing pretty much i'm sure there's some of that stuff in queens too but i i know of a bunch of brooklyn places but this was a place that we had never heard of before and actually kind of found it and uh, invited a whole slew of our pals and last night which is sunday we're recording this monday morning um they all came and uh, we had like a nice little day hang at this place called Chilo's. And, yeah. Uh, it was fun, was it not? It was. We did it from two to six. That was kind of the window. Of course, it bled over until the seven o'clock hour. Um, it was fun. It was um, more than fun. It was just something I needed to do emotionally. I was like trying to talk to Nick about this last night as I was driving back. Pretty exhausted. I did cry in the car. I was overwhelmed by my feelings. It, it happens. Um, but that yesterday wasn't necessarily about like having fun. Yesterday was just about like giving people hugs and saying goodbye. And that's why it was overwhelming. I, I, I didn't feel like I had like any in-depth one-on-one conversations with people. Like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, they were there and they were there and so-and-so was there. But I didn't like do any deep bonding. It was more just hugs and here's pictures of the new apartment and chit-chat. I actually don't know what I did for four hours besides kind of like fly around. I didn't really see you much. Yeah, you were like, you just kind of anchored in with your little group and you kind of had your little huddle. It's not necessarily true. I anchored in to a few different groups. I now, did, why didn't I, we cross paths? Um, I think you might have been more anchored than me. You seem to be sitting at picnic tables quite a bit mm. when I was walking around Okay. more. And I was kind of hitting the people that were standing. Interesting. And I feel like you kept sitting next to people. And maybe that's where it was. We were on two separate levels. That makes sense. You were sitting, I was standing. Yeah. Because I really didn't sit much at all the entire time. But I feel like you were mostly sitting. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you seem pretty disappointed in, in the outcome. I'm just, uh, no, what? What do you You mean? You were like, you feel like you squandered it or something. Oh, right. I just did feel, I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't feel disappointed. I just was like, I wish I could have had more 
real conversations with people, but there's too what many is, things. What does that mean? You do keep saying these. I wish I could have gotten in-depth conversations, real conversations. Like, what would have that have looked like? Something deeper than just like chit-chat. When are you guys leaving? What are you doing? Da-da-da, you know? Okay. I don't think that like if, like a picnic-tabled taco restaurant with a bunch of people, I don't, I don't think that there's ever going to be a, a way for that to be an in-depth conversation that's true situation i don't think it ever would have been that way that is true so i don't think that you squandered it or i don't think you should feel disappointed because i don't think that was ever going to be anyone's reality yeah too many people there everybody's trying to get a little piece you know here and there and you know we're outside avoiding bees you know what i mean it's like there were a lot of bees it's not necessarily a place to like you know kind of talk about like whatever what everybody's really thinking about you know <laughs> it's it just you know outdoors usually isn't a good place for that either that seems more like a a one on one a one on one on one hang out maybe for a restaurant, smaller groups. I'm a one-on-one gal. I really am. Even though I did organize this little get together. Um, I love just a one-on-one conversation, maybe two, three people there, four people tops. Okay. But last yesterday was fun because like I said, we got to say goodbye. We got to have a lot of closure, got to see a lot of people that I care about, but that I wouldn't see before we moved to LA just because we live in New Jersey and driving into the city is not really an option when you're trying to pack up the house. So this was like, wow, there's like, there's like 30 people I want to hug. Goodbye. Okay, so instead of going and seeing each and every one of them, I'll just be here all day. Come to me. Give me some love and wish me well. And that's what it was. So you were talking about how this you needed this for a, a, a bit of closure. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Like, I, what would have happened if we would have just skipped this and then just moved? I would have felt like we dropped the ball. You know, we invested so much time in New York and we invested a lot of time with those people in particular. And um, without having some sort of ceremony, you know, having some sort of like closing ritual, I would have felt like, um, wow, we let ourselves, I would have felt I like I let myself down there. Yeah. But you do you feel that way? No. Now coming away from it? Okay. What do you mean? Do I feel that way? Well, because it wasn't exactly what you wanted. So oh, I'm no, if, no. If you I, did, did get the closure you were after. You know, this is interesting because I feel like there is something here where if it's not like a purely positive experience, then there's like an assumption of regret or disappointment. It wasn't a purely positive experience because it was a goodbye. So there's like a tinge of sadness there and melancholy, but it was an absolute success. I'm very satisfied with how it went. I'm glad we did it. I got the closure I want. And now I can't wait for this new chapter with you and Lily in LA. Okay. Yeah. I wish it would like come already. It's, sucks that it's <laughs> it does feel like we've been moving for 45 years and and still like i'm looking around what, what's something that is like really like uh not a i don't want to call it a mind fuck because uh that's pretty trite and it's not yeah but something that's kind of uh disorienting to me about our moving process is that i keep looking around and being like how the fuck this stuff is there's stuff all over the place and then remembering that like 85% of the stuff I'm seeing is not my stuff. Right. This is the stuff that belongs in the house. It was right. either the my house's mom. stuff. It's the house's stuff. So I'm like looking. I'm like, oh, my God, that coffee table with all that stuff over there and that lamp. And I'm like, none of that's coming with us. Right. Like, and so when I really think about it, like it's really my clothes are coming with uh, with me. I, I bought a bunch of uh, bullshit plastic over the years that I either have to 
get rid of or figure out how to pack, but it's all basically packed up anyway, fucking VHS tapes and shit like that. And then uh, there's stuff that's already in boxes that we just never unboxed in From the basement. From Brooklyn, yeah. Because all this, this house was already full of wares. Like we didn't need any... Uh, of our kitchen stuff, our right. bathroom stuff, all that stuff is just still sitting in boxes. So I'm like, I'm like, what exactly am I taking? You know, like I Ashley bought these Christmas trees from the MoMA store. Definitely taking those. Those have to go. Ashley bought me a a, a, a model train for Christmas. Definitely taking that. We're taking that. But like, uh, <laughs> I got a bunch of hats, but that's a box worth of stuff. So I'm not really sure. I think it, the un, the unfortunate part is m- my sister and her, her boyfriend are taking over the, our our roles in this house. This is I don't know if we ever really talked about this here, but that's basically what's happening. You know, my grandma needs somebody here. Uh, my sister and her boyfriend sold their house, and uh, it all sort of just worked out somehow on when Ash and I were roundabout when we wanted to leave, and so it ended up working. But like. They need to realize that we moved into like a fully furnished home that has like a bunch of other people's shit in it. <laughs> and like when they move in here, there's not much like uh there's not much space for anybody's stuff. Like this is still somebody else's house, you know? Absolutely. And so like um, you know But they I, don't have much stuff. They're like they're living that minimalist life, yeah. which I respect. And I do think that they know that as well. But like it's tough for me to remember that where I'm like, oh my God, this house is so big and we have to pack and but then I'm like, what are we really packing? Yeah. You know, like I know I'm I gotta pack up all my clothes, which I've already done basically. I just have to toss them in boxes and um, I'm just doing I'm, my whole goal right now, not to move into the moving part of this whole thing, but is to eliminate the most amount of stuff that I can physically and mentally part with before moving and filling up our little pod that's going to be shipped out to our new home in Los Angeles. So I'm in the process of like every day re-scanning and sorting clothing and making hard cuts on what I have to do. And this week, I got I to gotta, uh, donate some sneakers and I have to donate a bunch of plastic this week. I have to figure out which of my VHS tapes are essential and which have to stay in New Jersey. Wow, that's going to be, be hard for you. It is going to be. No, not really, because I, I, when I started collecting, it was just like, ah, you know, like that. that's sort of what happens when you yeah. become an early collector. You get interested in that's a hobby. True. And then you're like, oh, I need this. It's everything. And then as you kind of become, you know, like instead of like wanting to be the hobbyist and then you actually become the hobbyist, you start to understand what's actually you like about the thing and you know what you want. So there are so many tapes that I've collected over the past year or so that I'm like, oh, I'm easily I have a full stack of shit that I'm just not gonna. And our friend Steve O'Brien has a friend who collects VHS and I think I'm going to go visit him on uh, Wednesday. And uh, I may, I just may bring a ton of uh, these VHS tapes to give to his friend. Now, that all depends on if I drive and we, me and Ashley have to work all that out. But so that is part of it. You know, I'm, it's just like, how am I going to get rid? Of, I just got to get rid of the most of this stuff. Because like, in my mind, I just want to show up in L.A. with like nothing. That's yeah. kind of how and it's just like, I'll buy it all in L.A. You yeah. Know? Like, that's how I think. It's not going to be the case, you know. We have big decisions to make uh, on what we're keeping. We have a couch and a bed, and we have to figure out, are we taking them, both, one, neither, you know. This is something that actually has to be decided on, like, immediately after this podcast because we got to sort of get on ordering this pod and stuff like that. So, 
big decisions ahead of us. Um, lots of transition going on in this household, uh, and uh, it all uh, it, it all sort of culminates with a with a huge uh, road trip out to Los Angeles. So that's where we are in our life right now. And you know who's not doing shit? Freaking Lily doesn't seem to know or care. Hey, what's up with that? Yeah, Lil, get with it. We need you to participate. But uh, Lily does know one thing, that uh, she's a little overweight. Lily <laughs> knows that she's not going without. Um, yeah, we took Lily to the vet last week for uh, the first time that we've ever taken her to the vet. Lily's um, first vet with her parents. Just to get, you know, some booster shots and a little checkup. and Rabies uh, shot. And and that's what she did. And we went there and uh very nice situation over here uh where we live as far as the vet goes. And I gotta say Lily was very good. She Lily, was very good. Lily was good. Guess who was weird? Ashley. <laughs> Ashley was pretty weird. Yeah, we Ashley was so nervous about this whole thing. I mean, when we went when we showed up and, and kudos to Ashley for this because I sh- certainly wasn't looking into this stuff. But uh, Ashley was like, listen, when we go there, we have to insist on them not giving her certain shots. There's some cer- certain feline uh, leukemia. Feline leukemia shot. That apparently causes some other problems down the line for cats, and it's not essential at the time. It's and- just for, it's, if you have an outdoor cat, it's good. But yeah. Lily's never going to see the outdoors right. outside of her leash and harness, so she's okay. So, you know, we she was kind of nervous that they were just going to start sticking Lily with all these needles without us asking, and so we both went into the room with uh, Lily and, and the vets, and uh, it ended up working out well, but the, the Lily got a little booster shot. She got a little rabies shot, and she was very good for the rabies shot. She also took a thermometer right up her butthole, <laughs> and uh, she was pretty good for that, too. Um, she was actually so well-behaved. I was so impressed with her. Um, as soon as she came out of her carrier case, everyone in the room was like, oh, my God, that face. Everybody loves How her face. How can you handle that big, fat face? Yeah. She's so cute and perfect. And and that's when I was like, okay, I like these people. Uh, yeah. They see what why Lily's so great. I did have to just sort of explain to them. I think I said this in a way that was pretty embarrassing, but I did sort of say, like, she's our baby and we love her and spoil her. <laughs> she's our perfect little princess. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think they got that. They got that. I was really nervous. I, you know, I was very nervous. It's, it's just her first checkup, right? So she she did some time at Petco at a point early in her <laughs> life before we ever showed up. Hard time. So she definitely is, you know, we got her when she was 14 months. She'd had all of her, all of the essential early life medical stuff. But this was us taking her there. And um, one of the things that we had to discuss with the vet, we I made this appointment for two main reasons. One is because Nick and I were trying to figure out whether or not we were going to fly with her or drive with her across the country. That's the big thing. It's like, we're moving to LA. How do we get Lily's ass there? Like, what are we going to do? So we wanted to just talk to a professional about our options. And two, I wanted to get her booster shots. So we, um, but a couple of extra things. Is this interesting to you guys? I hope so. I hope. You're going to ask that now? I mean, after. Uh, I hope you're so invested in the Lily journey that you're like on the edge of your seat. Like but 300 episodes of us just talking about what we ate for breakfast. You're going to ask that now? I got to say that Lily is pretty adamant around the house. Um, she's she's insisting on the daily that we are not feeding her enough. She's very vocal about it. I'm not getting enough food. 
give me more food. Where is my extra food? And we're just feeding her based on the guidelines of the food that we buy, which is like a wet brand from PetSmart, wellness, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I take the, like the container to the vet and I'm like, this is what we're feeding her. Is she getting enough? Blah, blah, blah. And the vet kind of gave Lily a squeeze. She gave her like a little squeeze and she goes, yeah, she's not going without. Yeah, she's definitely not in need. Yeah, I she's not she in said. need. And, then and she, she was... kind of looked at us like, yeah, she's so let's weigh her. And then she, they weighed her and she was 11 pounds. And uh, then the cat, the, the doctor was like, yeah, 11 pounds. OK. All right. Well, I mean, we've seen much worse. You know, we have cats who come in here. They're 20 pounds. And we're like, uh-huh. They're like, OK, so she's 11 pounds. You know, based on her on her frame, she could be ten pounds. Uh, you know, she could be nine pounds, really. Yeah. You know? And we're like, okay, okay. <laughs> she but, basically but, said, "You got to lose two pounds, Lil." And then we're like, "Yeah." She keeps asking us for food, and they were like, "Yeah, cats do that, man." <laughs> it was just kind of like, so there's like nothing wrong with her, and like, nah, cats will just like keep asking you for food, and then if you give it to them, they'll eat it. So uh, that's that's basically it. And oh. we're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, and, and every so often Lily will pee outside of her litter box, but not a lot at all, really. Um, and it's a hundred percent when the litter box is not perfectly clean. Yeah. So we were like, uh, and then sometimes she pees outside her litter box and it, it usually happens when like, we don't, we're not like as diligent with cleaning her litter box as we should be. And then the vet was like, yeah, man, clean that litter box. <laughs> like, oh, Okay. So but, basically, we went to the vet to take Lily and find out what was wrong with her, and they just told us what was wrong with us. Basically. <laughs> Stop feeding her so much, and cl- make sure that litter box is in tip-top shape. Now, I've had cats. I've taken care of a lot of cats, and I will say that usually cats are okay with the litter box being like maybe a day or two unscooped. Lily cannot handle the litter box being unscooped at all so it's like that's why we got the self-cleaning litter box like lily if there is anything in the box lily's going on the floor and she's just a little prissy freaking princess Do you think it's because she shows up and she sees like a like a little poop or a pee in that box and she goes who the fuck shit in my box <laughs> motherfucker all right i'm gonna shit here then <laughs> i mean she doesn't poop on the floor but she will pee she will she pee. will she'll pee. do it she'll pee um, but I mean, you know, I think it's just fun that Lily needs to lose a little weight, you know, and cause she just fits right in with the rest of the family. We're yeah. all, we're None all of the- us have chins. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the same. We know? all could lose about a fifth of our body weight. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, it was a, a quite an experience, but she was very, very good. Yeah. Um, she was perfect. She was perfect. She was. She was perfect. And then we've just been kind of putzing around New Jersey trying to get everything in shape. We had a farewell dinner with Nick's dad on Saturday that was fun. Um, We got to watch a little NC State football, introduce Nick to the joy that it is to watch my alma mater play football. And we've been watching Knicks games. What else have we been doing, babe? We have exciting lives. I've been watching a lot of sports. I've been watching the Knicks play pretty well, although last night they lost and I did not see it. Mm. And I watched the Giants play pretty poorly, although yesterday they won and I didn't see it. Mm. So, um, you know, you know, a lot of bullshit's going on here. But uh, um, I did. I wanted to say something. I, I forgot what it was. It was. It had something to do with. Uh, um, what we've been up to the last putzing around n- New Jersey. W- w- didn't we go somewhere recently? Yeah. What do you think it is? 
No, you know what I want to do? I want to actually talk about the. Uh, I think I was. I wanted to talk about the Patreon. You oh. seem really. Con- you seem really concerned. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm thinking. I'm realizing what you. What you were thinking about, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is the fact that I went on a solo roller skating adventure. And yes, then, but we talked about that on the Patreon. We talked about so that on the Patreon. I don't want to overlap because um, we did. That's the problem, and this is why we're not doing this Patreon anymore. <laughs> I, One know, of the reasons we did the Patreon yesterday, and we talked a lot about stuff that's going on this week and about what we liked about the patreon we also talked about halloween uh 2018 and halloween kills which uh you know are two movies we watched this uh this month and And we have very different opinions about them so you should um go to patreon.com forward slash reality blows and uh chip in five bucks and you can listen to that one you can listen to every single uh podcast we did over there on patreon i believe uh 44 in total are up there you only have um, six days to do and it you have six days that's what i'm sort of getting at here is uh we are going to shut that patreon down on the first of november um because we just can't handle it anymore it's too much for us to do at this time in our lives um at some point we may come back with some extra content or some extra this or that but it ain't going to be until we fully uh, move in over there on the uh, uh, West Coast, left coast. Yep. So, um, yeah, do that. Um, but yes, Ashley did go on a solo roller skating adventure and she talked all about it on uh, yesterday's Patreon. So go check that out. Um, so what I think we should do is, I guess, talk a little bit about survivor and the challenge i have a lot to say so let me run some things past you so first off this new survivor season i have been enjoying it a great deal if you're watching survivor you know that they've made a bunch of changes mainly they've shortened the season we talk about alec baldwin and accidentally killing somebody nick no well because i'm always like what are we talking about on this podcast and it's it's we we either have to talk about current events or we have to talk about reality television we have to talk about ourselves why can't I talk about Survivor? Because I just started, you started going down the Survivor road, and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I care about this at all. <laughs> I'll try. Okay, talk about Alec Baldwin. What do you think exactly happened here? Now, Alec Baldwin, he accidentally murdered a person. Now, it's not funny. It's horrifying. Um, it's insane. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of theories on what was going on here, and, and there people are, speaking to my dad about it, he thinks it. Somebody was like out to get this person. You know what I mean? Like I was I was floored by that take that this could have been purposeful. I've seen some takes like that on the Internet. And I think that in general, when there is um, a shocking tragedy, our minds attempt to make sense of it by giving it a backstory. Like it's hard to accept that like this gun just uh, had some debris and it was, fi- di- you know, it was discharged in a way where there resulted in a fatality and someone getting injured. You know, that is just sort of chaotic and it gives us this picture of life of like um, sort of be- life being incredibly unfair and unpredictable. And I think our little lizard brains want life to be explainable. We want a conspiracy behind it. We want, oh, this happened because of this, X, Y, Z. It's easier for us to accept the idea that there is a, um, a, a a man in a mask behind all of it pulling strings in order for something to happen than it is for us to accept that it was just a freak accident. 
I agree. I, I think it probably was a freak accident, uh, most likely. But, you know, it's interesting to me that, like, there were ex, uh, like, crew members who have kind of divulged information um, about the fact that, like, this gun, like, the guns kept accidentally discharging. It didn't just happen. It happened a few times uh, in the filming of this Western yeah, they were clearly not taking the correct safety protocols. And one more thing about conspiracy theories like this, because, again, I've seen people that I follow on Twitter kind of tweeting about it and things like that. And um, something I think is that it takes away from the conversation. I think it detracts from the conversation. It's a distraction because the conversation really should be, why are we having firearms on set at all anymore? We've reached a point in CGI that you can add all of these post effects that look better and sound better, frankly, than this fake uh, gun going off. I mean, you can have, you know, a replica of a gun, but you don't need to discharge the weapon. So it's like, why are we still doing that on set? I think is the conversation that should be had and not like who's frame, you know, what's the, who's trying to have this woman killed and yeah, leave that to the police, leave that to the investigators Let's discuss getting active firearms offset. I agree. That's pretty. Good. That's a pretty good take on it. Now, I'm more fascinated with these people who are coming out and saying that there was a lot of bullshit going on on this set, and uh, they are ex-crew members. And this is a production that is uh, headed, I believe, by Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I believe he is a producer on this thing. Um, Does seem to be his project. And uh, you know. I worked, I won't say I worked for him, but I worked around him. You worked with him and you worked for him. No, he was not my boss. But he could boss you around. Sure. I mean, he could (laughs) boss anybody around on a, on a set, but that's true. You know, my, was not my boss. I wasn't part of that department. Uh, but I will say I did see this man sort of walking around and he was not a happy easygoing guy yeah i remember you working this job and coming back with sort of alec baldwin stories of him being sort of gruff and irritated yeah he's a real surly son of a bitch um and it comes off like a joke kind of that's sort of the vibe where it's just like oh yeah man alec he's yeah he's uh yeah he's he's a lot alec you know it's like oh watch out for alec you know he's running down the hallway barefoot yelling about something you know what i mean like it's like a He's just kind of like, um, he seemed like very put upon mm. that uh, he was doing the project that was going on here. And it was like, he was upset about the work and needed to get it done quickly. You know, at the time had very young children, brand yeah. new children. Uh, so I'm sure that was a lot as well at home. And, uh, you know, the work that we were doing was, um, it was a lot, long, long hours. But like, man, this, this guy, the way that people kind of talked about him was not and I'm talking crew, was not super cool. Mm. And so I think it goes to sort of show you that, you know, uh, you know these people who, by the way, ex-crew members, hmm, what does that mean? They were fired maybe? You know what I mean? Like, Well, I read an article saying that like a bunch of the crew walked out that morning over uh, safety conditions. Like they all clocked in, they all showed up and then walked out. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. That's bad news for the production. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. Do you think Alec Baldwin really ever works again after this? I think he hangs it up. 
I I would imagine. I just don't know how you emotionally get past right, this if right. you're him or if you're anyone on that set. I mean, this is unfortunately like such a tragedy that's going to stay with you. I hope I hope that this production company gets everybody some freaking therapy is what I think. There should be an insurance clause where they all get like a year of grief trauma therapy because that is an intense thing to walk away from a uh, a dumb western. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like we're just making another western. Another stupid ass western. Also starring Alec Baldwin which couldn't be good. Yeah. Uh, that dude is past his prime by 25 years. Um, nobody wants to see this guy in like a serious role. Uh, I mean, I can't even remember the last movie that was sort of relevant that he was in. Actually, I can't Glenn remember. Gary, Glenn Ross? No, I, I think I, you, I'm going to be a little bit more uh, nice, kind about it. Remember that movie with him and Meryl Streep and Steve Martin? No. Where it was like a love. It was like older people, like it, like having oh, like a love yeah. triangle. I think it was. It was done by that famous director lady who like does these types of movies. So. Right, not Nora Ephron, but maybe I think it was Nora. Yeah, Ephron. okay. So uh, yes, I think that was like the last time people were like, "Hey, he's really good in it." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that was ten years ago. So um, it's called "It's Complicated" or some shit like that. Uh-huh. Or, you remember it was called something like that? Wait, Nora Ephron was a journalist. Oh, she's also a filmmaker. Okay. I get confused. I read a book by Nora Ephron. I think it was her called Don't Look at My Neck. And it was like about um, short. It was a short stories about age. I feel bad about my neck and other thoughts on being a woman. But she also directed a bunch of movies. How could I forget? She's an icon. Icon. Nick, that reminds me. How do you feel about. Is it a bummer that I brought this up? Probably. Kind of. Yeah. But like, I just don't know. I mean, we can talk about survivor yeah you know but uh it's you just, just a feel good like tele- i think it's just good Every, i mean we guess we can talk i want to more talk about like uh the surroundings of survivor not exactly about the episode well what i wanted to discuss was are you are you done with the alec thing i mean yeah i guess well it's, I, I it's really it. sad and and i've been thinking about it a lot too because we have a lot of people who work in the film industry sure. who are close to us and um it's a it's a huge bummer, and my my thought goes out to everyone involved and the families of the people who were hurt by this tragedy. It's really really sad. Do, I mean, this is going to sound awful. People aren't going to like what I'm about to say. They're just not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ashley Grayson herself. But do you know who benefits from this? Who the the family of Brian Laundry? Oh my God, Nick. I need a new podcast host, you guys. I'm just saying because this is how this works, this media system. Like, no one, they found this guy's remains, like, in Florida, and it's, you know. <laughs> this is a lighthearted <laughs> podcast about reality television, <laughs> and, and you have brought up two sad but murders. But, like, now no one's going to talk about this uh, this thing anymore because they just want to absorb the Alec Baldwin uh, drama. Okay. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would say that it's a headline that's been bumped. It's a bumped headline. Yeah. Okay, well, so the thing about Survivor <laughs> that I find interesting, so they've made all these new changes. They have all these advantages. They have this shortened season. We have this new Jeff who who knows what the hell's going on with him. He's like 
giving us these sappy moment moments and being encouraging. Also looks strange. Maybe has a mullet. His hair. He because well, you got this stuff was being filmed like when everybody was like really in the thick of like a lockdown. So it's odd. He's got lockdown hair. I like. I really like this season. I really like this cast. I think it's interesting that like with this cast with Survivor and the Big Brother cast that we just watched, both of these casts are like. 90% super fans where people are being like, yeah, I freaking watched all of Survivor during the pandemic. I'm obsessed. Whereas in the past, if you had a Cochrane on, it's like, I'm a super fan. I wrote a paper about it. Then that's like the unique thing about that player. Like, it just seems like we've entered this new era of competitive reality shows where every single person on the reality show is a diehard fan and not sort of like a decade um, in the past when that was a rarity or felt like one at least. Yeah, like in a lot of these older episodes, like I, when they would find out that somebody was like, you know, he's the super fan. Like, yeah, like he's watched every episode. They'd be like, what? Yeah, it would be like, that would be something you would hide from somebody because it would mean that you were like thinking about the game more strategically than normal. And it's also like a, you know, it was just like a rarity. It was, it was so, you know, it wasn't like a given at this point. And now in 41, as Ashley was saying, like, fucking everybody, I mean, if you're not, if you haven't, if you're like not that familiar with Survivor, like, and you're on the show. You're like, a freak. Yeah, something went wrong <laughs> here. How'd that happen? Here, it's just like everybody is a, a, a mega super fan. And the the reference, I mean, there's like, they're even like referencing ca- a lot of characters in the show. It's become, it's become a bit meta in, in certain ways. It It hasn't detracted from the show in my opinion it it doesn't make it any less than in my opinion i'm not on survivor twitter or survivor reddit i'm not seeing what the hardcores are saying about it and uh that's just not like how i really like to consume my reality tv uh but uh, it seems like because Ashley will kind of scroll a little bit more, right, Ash? Like it seems like yeah. people are are upset, mostly because of like formatting issues. Yes, right? that's what I was gonna bring up. Like I'm I'm casually popping over to Reddit every so often, and it seems like people are mad at this shortened season. But really, people got pissed at this most recent advantage called like the knowledge advantage or the knowing. Do you remember the name of it? What's it called? I don't, I have no idea. But But I know know which one you're talking about. It's an advantage that basically allows you to steal someone's immunity idol or their advantage if you go up to them and ask them, do you have an immunity idol or do you have an advantage? And if they have to answer you truthfully, and then if if they do have it, they have to give it to you. So it's like the knowledge advantage, I think is what it's called. And people are so mad and I, I didn't realize that there was this reaction happening. It just goes to show you that people don't want change. They really don't. Like they say they do, but as soon as it happens, they don't want it. And also everyone's like memory of things is incorrect. That's another thing I've got to complain about in the in the reality television world. But before we get to uh, everyone's memory and the hindsight being super nostalgic and blurred, I'm talking about you, the challenge, these old people from the challenge being like, it's not like it used to be. I miss when there wasn't drama. It's like, what? You were the drama. Anyway, um, back to the survivor thing. So yeah, people are mad because it seems to have taken out this idea of 
the element of lying, which is a strategy, which is gameplay, okay? Lying is in your toolbox. Manipulating, lying, that's a part of Survivor. So why would you make an advantage? Why would production make an advantage that um, hinders that sort of aspect of the game? And I thought that was an interesting pushback. I did enjoy, I do enjoy that point of view. Nick, do you have any thoughts? I, yeah, I didn't really... I didn't make that connection when I saw the advantage. Um, but when I heard smarter people than me uh, talk about it, I go, yeah, yeah. It's like to take away somebody's ability to lie themselves out of a situation is to take away, uh, you know, like basically like the leg of a survivor. Like it's, that is what we do here. We lie, we cheat, we steal. And that's sort of, then you win the game. So um, yeah, it is a bummer, but not, not real. I don't care. You know, what I seem to be able to decipher from this decision by production to do this is there is a limited amount of days that they filmed. So this is a condensed game. They never say it, but it has to be because of like, we couldn't film for as long as we could because of, you know, restrictions and et cetera, et cetera. So we only, instead of having, you know, 39 days or something, 40 days, we have 25, you know, it's like cut in half or something. Um, and they're going to tribal council every other day. That's incredible. Where it's usually like you get like seven days or five days. Like it's they're they just go, they they go, they 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 hang out, they compete for an immunity, they win or they lose, they go to sleep, they wake up, they go to tribal. They go to sleep, they compete for an immunity, they win or lose, they go to sleep, they wake up, they go to tribal. So like as far as coverage and being able to film things that would cause drama and create storylines when you have so much more time to film these things on a regular season of Survivor, you know, it's like things will develop. We'll find them. Here, it's like, man, things might not develop. These people might not even get to know each other before they all get voted out. Yeah. How are we going to make sure that we get these storylines and get this drama? Well, they've created these advantages and yes, it does seem like maybe we're like hipping it up a little bit or we're, we're moving the show, we're making it more exciting with more. But really what it is, is is creating more forced situations in which drama must happen. So the first being the way that the idols are done this year, where we have three separate tribes. Each tribe has like a third of uh, a way to unlock an idol. In order to do it, you find your, your piece of paper with your uh, a phrase on it. And at the next competition, you have to shoehorn that phrase in. It's random. And uh, if the second uh, team that has found the idol hears that phrase, they know that the first team had found the idol, and then that player says their random phrase, and so on and so forth with the third, if the third uh, team had found their idol. So it's forcing everybody, when everybody's together, and all the cameras are on the entire cast, to then have a dramatic moment. Mm. It's not like normally where it's somebody finds an idol with somebody else. And yes, there's a little bit of it, but they're like wandering through the woods or like figure, trying to figure out who has the idol. Like that would develop over the 40 days. Here it's just like, guess what? Everybody's going to know something's up because all these people are saying weird ass things at the right before they compete, right in front of Jeff, where all the cameras are on everybody. It's like spotlight drama happening now. How could it not cause a situation that would be fun for an episode of Survivor? And it has so far. Yeah. They've been weird and it's fun. And you're like, who's got it? Are they all going to say it? It does 
cause what I think they wanted to. So I think it has worked in some ways. Now, this advantage that we were talking about where you, you were forcing somebody to tell the truth, which everybody's pissed off about, I believe that this advantage has to happen at a tribal council. So the the woman who won the idol, do you remember her name? I don't. Um, no. She, she got this advantage, and uh, she is on the yellow team, and Xander has the idol. She knows Xander has an idol, also has an extra vote, has an advantage. Yeah. In order for her to steal one of them at tribal, I believe this is the case, she has to, right before they vote, go, hold on, Jeff, Xander, do you have an idol? And Xander has to give her that idol right then and there if he has the idol. Or, Xander, do you have an advantage? And Xander has to give her the advantage right then and there. But if she didn't know that Xander had an idol or an advantage and wanted to guess and was like, Xander, do you have an idol, but he has an advantage? He just goes, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. And then it's over. Yeah. So it's causing where everybody's standing and looking, all the cameras are forcing, it's going to force a dramatic moment. Yes. It's going to make good TV. And it might, this might have occurred naturally in a regular season or Survivor. We just don't have the time. Right. We need a TV show here. So I don't know. I'm not so against it. I'm not. It, it's I'm I'm good for any new survivor. And I think the cast itself kind of um uh, overcomes the maybe the fact that it's a shortened season and it's boosted with all these weird advantages, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's such uh, such a well casted season that I think people aren't going to worry about the advantages. People are just going to be excited about the players that they got to meet. And so far, there's been so many fun players to meet. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that trumps the 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 weirdness of the of sort of the production of the whole deal. Do you agree? I agree. I do agree. I do find this cast to be so good. And like the this casting and then the um Big Brother 23 casting, I'm I'm looking at CBS going, "What happened? Did you get a whole new casting team? Why are these two casts so incredible?" I I do feel like the shortened season. That's the only thing that I'm like hesitant towards because I like these people really bonding and really getting immersed in this world. I, I like that they feel like they now live there permanently instead of it being sort of what must feel like a vacation of some, not a vacation, but like a blip. Whereas if you're on a full season, at some point you probably feel like, I guess I live here now. You know what I mean? Like I like your brain kind of clicks. Yeah, I I like that. I like that um, element a lot. But you're right; they are they are advantages that are have been tailor made to create TV moments. You know, because which I'm sure most advantages are, but they're kind of you you play them out a little bit. You know, it's like it kind of stretches out the drama. Here, it's just like. Boom! You have to make a decision right now in front of everybody. Well, these advantages all have the unique thing of being something you have to say out loud. Like these idols you have to say out loud. The the knowing... I guess the only advantage we've seen this season where it's not like fully spoken to everyone is the extra vote advantage. Um, Which I'm like... 
honestly, the extra votes and stuff baffle me so much. Like, I never know if anybody, are they using the extra votes? I'm like, did that person use an extra no vote? No one's here? used the extra vote yet. And no one's used that, like, uh, the roll of the dice thing where you right. could, you have a f- 5% or a, a 20% chance of getting immunity. And it's like, yeah. those are two advantages where I'm like, I, I, I don't, I can't form an opinion about them until I see them being played in the wild. Yeah, I'm curious on how much of this, uh, is uh going to stick around um for other seasons you know and it's also another way in my opinion how they kind of uh you know jet you know fuel charged whatever you want to say the season is this the idea that you know after a, a challenge uh people are chosen or choose themselves from from two of the winning sides two of the winning tribes to go to this, as they, as people have been calling it, ship wheel island, um, and then you know making the decision to give up their vote or not, um, it's another interesting thing. I mean, when they merge, which I, I imagine is happening this episode, they merge or, or in a couple episodes they merge, and uh, they've already had given the opportunity to each tribe to kind of make bonds with the other tribe without the other tribes being around yeah that happens a teeny tiny bit in other seasons like when they're going to like the just the paranoia of like what did you do like when they always take somebody to like the idol island remember back in the day when you were like having to dig for an idol on a you know um it kind of has that but you have you know it's like a it's like a supercharged version of that uh like um you know did those two people conspire? Right. Are they now? You yeah. Know, and every, I love that. every single episode, you get an opportunity for two teammates from different teams to conspire with one another. And I do. I also think that kind of is just like, hey, we're, we're isolating two people. We're going to get a dramatic moment. This is we, this is another way to pad out our episode with some kind of forced drama in, in a good way. Absolutely. So basically, to sum up this uh, podcast episode, to finish it off, to take us home, we're going to go over just very quickly the cast list from the Challenge All-Stars Season 2. It's made some waves, came out like a week and a half ago. Uh, People are pumped. I'm pumped. I loved All-Stars Season 1. And we've got some faces here on All-Stars Season 2 that I do not know. First up, this person, Ayana Mackins. Nick, do you know? Go first name. Only first name because nobody knows anybody's last name. Ayana, everybody knows Ayana. Yeah, she's from like real world. She's like uh, from like Road Rules like 4 or something like that. Are you excited to see her? I, I... didn't remember she was a person. Yeah. Um. Until I saw the trailer, and I go, "Oh, Ayana." Mm. Not excited to see her. I, I don't remember her being uh, a great challenge. It was like you know she wasn't on the show when it was hard. When it was hard, yeah, so she was I, on I, it when it was fun. This is like fine. These are going to be fine. Um. I mean, this this is going to be fine, and I'm excited to see her back. But you know, I I think the majority of these people is just going to be like, "Oh yeah, that person." We'll see how they do. You know what I mean? Like. That's how I felt about the f- first All-Star season where I'm like, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And it ended up yielding great results where I was like, oh, my God, this person's like a really great competitor. And, you know, yes, like, you know, who knew yes was going to come in here and be like uh, uh, an amazing competitor, a machine, you know, and I remember him being pretty good. But the challenges were like, hold your breath for 20 seconds and grab a puzzle piece. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
So we'll see. We'll see. That brings us to Brad F. Um, yeah. The last time we saw him, I think, was Final Reckoning. He had like a, a little a showmance for a couple of seasons with Brittany from Are You the One? Brad's an old school player, but he could easily be on the main show of the challenge. Brad's a fool. Get him out of here. He's so, he depresses I, he had, me. He Brad. could win. He could win. He could win, but he, he like win. he's like oh I guess he might have good TV, but like his past like f- like three challenge seasons when they tried to stick him in there with the younger people, just wow, bat just like did not come off good. Uh, he kind of has like a mopey, and he's like a chip on his shoulder guy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm. Uh, well, it'll, it's cool that he's back. We'll see. Casey Cooper. I'm very excited about her. I've only seen her on one challenge, even though she was on four. I saw her partnered with Wes, I think, on a fresh meet. Yeah. Something like that. She's blonde. She was notoriously bad at everything, but she had a very fun attitude. So I can't wait to see what she brings. Yeah, Casey is, yeah, she's was belittled by Wes for many seasons. Well, is not the most athletic person in the world, but uh, she does have a lot of sort of personality. So we'll see what happens bringing the old Casey back. Kahada bringing some beautiful locks. I know, Kahada's <laughs> hair has been... Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Kahada. He's really undersized, but maybe that'll ha- be okay on All-Stars. Um, yeah, he's good. He's athletically talented and he's skillful, but he's a small guy. He just used to get tossed around by the bigger guys all the time. Yeah. Darrell, he, uh, I guess he's just now an all-star mainstay. I guess he's done with the main show of the challenge. Due for a win. Let's hope. Let's hope Darrell wins this season. He's I would be into that. This guy, Derek, I've never seen him before. Derek, uh, yeah, he's like kind of. Um, Derek uh, is is f- from a real world. I think uh, I'm trying to remember which one. Derek Chavez. Yeah, I don't. No one knows any of their last names, and I they won't ring any bells for me. But I know Derek. He was on the channel. This is the problem with this. It's like, yes, I remember him <laughs> from a television show I watched 15 years ago. Yeah, I don't remember where, like, you know, Derek's gay. Uh, I think that was more of a novelty, unfortunately, back At then. The time. And it was like, he was like their gay person that was on the show for a little bit. Yeah. Kind of filled that box for MTV and, you know. We'll see how he we'll does. We'll see. I don't remember him being a great competitor. No. You Next know. up is Derek um, from the most recent. Derek K. Right, yeah. Move on. Derek K. We get it. Derek he was K. on All Stars. He's got to be on every one of these shows. This is someone named Janelle who has only been on two challenges but has one win. And I've heard rumors of this Janelle player before. People seem to really like her, but I don't know anything about her. I recognize her. I couldn't tell you what was going on with her at the time. I'm sure she'll be fun to see again. <laughs> Jasmine, I'm excited for. Jasmine is uh, in my and and uh, is an all star in my uh, opinion. She's just a lot of fun and just, such a feisty uh, woman. Uh, yeah, I remember really liking her interviews because I remember we were watching one season. I think it was like Jordan's first season, and she was just giving great interviews. And I was like, "Who is this person I've never seen before?" And then I was like, "Oh, I'll never see her again because she's teeny tiny." Jasmine and John A were like buddies for a while. They were like besties, and I think they had like a split up. A falling out? Uh, this is big. Jody. Jody's Jody. back. Jody's champ. Jody's a champ. Two challenges, three wins. Yeah, How's that yeah. possible? How could you be uh, in two challenges I, and have three I wins? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. This is from oh, MTV.com, by the way. She probably won real world. 
Oh, she can you win I, yeah, real at the world? End, you, I think at the end. No, they, they, there's I do, no They winning. were eliminating people at the end of the real world seasons. What? They were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you win the grand prize, you know? Like, there was a whole thing with real world where you would win money after doing competitions. So they would maybe. Isn't that road rules? Oh, that's what I meant to say. Road rules. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Like, I don't know if they were eliminating people on road rules, but I just know that there was like a grant to win the grand prize. Oh, like, okay. And I think. She may have been a dual winner with like Derek or something like that. Gotcha. I don't know. I may be talking out of my ass here. Uh, John A. Yeah, back. Back in biz. So you were saying that they had like an issue. Jasmine, they had a falling out. I think they were like, because they were like the two small girls on the show who were like new. And then like Jasmine, I think, used to get drunk pretty quickly on these shows and throw stuff around and people would wind her up a bit. Remember John A. and her having like a falling out. Mm, Katie Doyle is back. Katie was great uh, last season. Glad to see her back. Kendall is also back. She was, uh, she, you know. She was something. She has to be a mega threat though in this season. She seemed like she was really, really good and kind of got the, kind of got the, short end of the stick by the weird sort of ways that you would compete in the eliminations, right? Something happened. Yeah, I just remember with All-Stars, like, everyone hated her, and the edit did not show us why. She was, like, boring and weird. It was confusing. It's like, everybody's like, we gotta get Kendall out of here. Kendall sucks! And then we would just see her being nice. And it's like, if you're gonna... MTV production, this is something I will take with me to the grave. If you're going to have uh, cast members talking in their interviews about how they don't like someone, can you show us a scene that backs that up? I feel the same way about Amber B., on uh, this most recent season, Spies, Lies, and Allies. It's like everybody's talking shit about her, and then we just see her be nice, and it doesn't make sense. Latarian is back. Um, Leah, I have nothing to say about Latarian, but I'm glad he's back. Enjoyed him last season. Yeah, he was fun. It's fun to watch. Leah Gillingwater. When Nick and I went over this the first time, we looked her up and because it didn't ring any bells. So we'll see whatever. She was on uh, Real World Paris with CT. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Melinda Collins. Nick and I are not fans, nah, unfortunately. She had some weird racist stuff she did towards Coral. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, remember Coral called her like a racist on like a on like a reunion we watched. Oh, the Fresh Meat re- reunion, I believe. I just didn't like her from that season because she was like obsessed with her boyfriend, and it was like he's going home and I, I should be got going married home and, and then divorced. Uh, yeah, Danny, who is the my least favorite competitor of all, he's my all least time. favorite challenger, not competitor, but like mopey horrible his season of real world his mom passes away during the season oh that's tough in austin damn from yeah it's you know not his fault obviously that he kind of has like a (laughs) there was like an aura of oh god this guy but like then he just kind of moped around the challenge and was pissed off that he was like on the rookies team yeah he was wearing a lot of dumb hats and then like was upset that he was on the shithead like all his friends were on the other side of the house I i don't know he ne- sucks, but he's not on the show. So Next up, we got MJ Garrett. MJ, I'm excited. Real, real World Philadelphia, I believe. Um, and uh, he is, uh, him and Landon were on the same Real World season that came in on the challenge. Landon, obviously, like, uh, he's Landon's not on the show, is he? I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. But uh, MJ was uh, pretty good. Not as good as Landon, but MJ is an athletic, bigger guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be uh interesting to see if he could still compete now this guy's got to be the same age as ct you know like ct's on the main show oh, oh no he's younger than ct what the hell Real world paris came out before real world uh, philadelphia wow i believe yeah ct's old as shit he's such a granddad yeah 
Nehemiah is back. That's good. Nehemiah needs this real bad. So I like Nehemiah. I, I do too. I mean, he's got a lot of personality and yeah. it's fun to see him back. He was really shit upon on his original run. And now I kind of think like with the older people, he's kind of like got something, you know? And Agreed. I, I, I feel good for Nehemiah. He's also like a holistic like like doctor or something like he's like uh he's like a businessman and he's like a smart guy and like he's got a lot going on you know yeah um and uh, i know that him and wes kind of uh are our friends like irl based on like their uh i think their business sense and mm. i don't know there's uh, nehemiah is pretty good i like nehemiah next up ryan i don't know kehoe ryan Keho. yeah yeah yep sophia sophia sure another real old school folks uh and steve who i did not recognize steve steve m steve does not look like steve anymore i remember being like who the fuck is steve and then i looked it up and he just looks like a grown-ass man now yeah and steve initially just looked like a kid so i mean i guess that's what happens when you're young and then get old but uh he, he looks let's just say steve looks a lot cooler and tougher than he used to and then for our last three tech is back which is great great tech was so much fun to watch in the first season Tina is back. I am thrilled that Tina's there. Tina's I love Tina. Bring it. Tina was so much fun to watch in her original seasons. Uh, just uh, her and Mr. Wonderful, um, just uh, partnering up in Fresh Meat. Yeah, uh, was the mo- one of the most uh, you know fun. We did. A- By the way, on our uh, Patreon, we did a whole Fresh Meat. Oh yeah, uh, you can go listen to you that. Got seven days to listen to that. And Tina is uh, all over that one. That was. Uh, I, that's probably my my most exciting returning player is Tina, in my opinion. Not Tyler Duckworth. Our Tyler last is one. actually no, I forgot Tyler. No, I love Tyler. Tyler there is great. Uh, um, Tyler and Johnny were on the same season with Paula. They mm. were all like in the same real world season, I believe, and they came in on the challenge together. Uh, they were a really uh, interesting, I think, uh, Battle of the Seasons team, if I remember. Here's the thing about Tyler: like people take Ty- don't didn't take Tyler super seriously, yeah. Unfortunately, because Tyler was another one of these people who were like, you know, they're like, let's. It, it, he was a person who you just like look at Tyler and you're like, ah, Tyler doesn't seem like he's going to be super athletic, and they underestimated Tyler. And then Tyler is big. Mm. so like i remember there being like things where it's just like well i'll go one-on-one with tyler and tyler like just like literally like would just like lay on the pole you know what i mean (laughs) and like no one could move him because he was just bigger than everybody else um and uh yeah i remember he was like underestimated is i guess what i was trying to say yeah stammering through um but i am excited he's got a lot of personality and I can't imagine that he's backed off on that a bit. So he's got a lot of opinions, and I think he's a, a really good addition. I would say him and Tina, uh, one and one A for for my excitement that they're back in the fold. Uh, I just need I need to get Paula back on this show. I don't know why they're never going to bring Paula. She said I think she said she's never. She's gonna do- done. Yeah, she's done. You know, she's yeah. got a family, but they all say they're done. Now that Tyler's back, bring Anything Paula back happen. on this show. I, Paula was one of my favorites of all time. I love Paula. Well, okay. guys. We That's been the pod. We did it. We did it. Um, okay. We will. Uh, remember, go to our Patreon and uh, go listen to all that crap. And then uh, we'll just talk to you next uh, Monday as we normally do. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.